This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we watch sci-fi, fantasy, and everything in between. This week, Sliders, Season 1, Episodes 6 and 7. They actually referred to us as the Sliders? Yes. Guys, you know what this means? If we're Sliders, my double's got to have built a sliding machine. Driver, 4159 Blue Jay Way, and hurry. Your house, my house. If the system's here, we won't have to reconfigure the timer. We can auto-set the system. We're going home! Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast sliding for our lives. I'm Luke. Here's my co-host, Jordan. What's real, Jordan? 10 out of 10. I like it. I want a, I want a sliding pun every time. That's all, that's all I'm hoping for. I think that was the final line of one of the episodes where they said, slide for your lives. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you guys, calm down. It's like a studio note. Guys, they have to add sliding. People don't remember what the show's name is. Um, I was going to say, though, um, I think we've missed a turn, though, because every episode when you announce what the show is and you say it's, uh, you know, it's Johnny Tutu, episodes six and seven or whatever show we're watching, Sliders, what people most remember from Sliders, I think, very weirdly, is in the opening is Sliders. So I think that's how you should be announcing the episode. I should do the should sliders, sliders whisper. The sliders whisper. Episode six and eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> honestly, it's really weird they do that whisper. <laughs> people, people, honestly, if you ever mentioned anyone, you're like, oh, you're watching sliders. The first thing they'll say is sliders. Honestly, when I posted the social media stuff for uh, what we we're gonna watch, Erin, who uh, is in our thank yous on this, she messaged on the on the question of what episodes we watch, and she says, all I remember is they whisper sliders every episode. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, that's it's for whatever reason, whoever came up with that, they nailed it because it uh, it's stuck in everyone's collective consciousness. I did not remember it all until we started watching the show. Sliders. I'm going to do it all episode now. Every time you refer to them and in the yeah. third person or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, anyway, so the sliders uh, walk through this doorway. <laughs> well, Jordan, before we get into these episodes... We're going to talk a yeah. little bit about the creators of, the creators of Sliders, uh, Robert mm-hmm. K. Wise and Tracy, I believe, Trome, perhaps? Yeah, I didn't know how, to, how he pronounced his name either. A little, what is that, a little accent on top of the E? A little accent a goo. <laughs> but I did a little looking into them, and I'm, maybe you did too. Uh, but I'll get yeah. us started if you like. Sure. I'll, I'll just pepper with stuff. Amazing. So here's a little background on Robert K. Wise, who interesting career an interesting way of finding his way to being a creator of this show is uh he's a real comedy film producer and really like came up with disgraced director john landis so they, they seem to have been like mm-hmm. people who came up together which explains why john landis is an ep on this show poor do you think do you think that is the lasting uh memory of john landis that he's disgraced john landis i mean when you kill a few people and some children i think that's what happened <laughs> the first thing i think is he got in a uh like a fist fight with eddie murphy that's right but he only got in that fist fight because he was disgraced <laughs> probably true not not to uh diminish the importance of people dying i'm saying but i just uh, it's not the first thing i think of is all i'm saying well you know why he got in that fist fight though right no why was it it was because eddie murphy tried to bring him back out of the like desert after he killed all those people and got him onto that movie and then he was a real mm-hmm. dick on that movie. So uh, Eddie Murphy was like, I I went to bat for you. Now you're a dick. Mm. Right. Well, there you go. The John Land- Disgraced John Landis. So you, he wasn't even thankful for uh, getting a second chance. 
But didn't start stop him from being an EP on this? It did not. It did not. Well, I mean, obviously, he's probably good friends with uh, Robert K. Wise slash Robert mm-hmm. K. Wise is looking for some credibility. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Um, but Robert K. Wise has uh, produced uh, movies such as the Kentucky Fried movie, The Blues Brothers, <laughs> The Naked Gun, Tommy Boy. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some good ones in there. I mean, real interesting that he's come on to the science fiction show, though. I, after watching the pilot, I think it makes it like there's a lot of comedy in that pilot now i kind of see where that's coming from perhaps yeah you want to know what a little special treat about uh old robert k wise is sure what is that he's directed four weird owl music videos <laughs> yeah that's pretty good which can i guess which ones uh sure i don't know if i have them written down but <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna guess he did i'm gonna guess he did i'm fat i think he did i'm gonna guess he did uh amish paradise no there's no way he did amish paradise I don't know. Now I don't know. Now, now, I'm, now I'm second guessing myself. But I think he did I'm Fat. That one I'm sticking with. One for four. All right. Well, I raced to find what four videos he did, and I've got them here, and none of them are I'm Fat. <laughs> okay. So forget it then. What ones did he do? It was Dare to be Stupid, uh-huh. Like a Surgeon, Oh, One yeah. More Minute, and uh-huh. This is the Life. This is the Life. Huh. Maybe I don't remember... Um. Weird Al's oeuvre is uh, as well as I thought I did. A couple of those might be uh, Weird Al originals, so they probably don't stand out in your mind as much. Right, right. Yeah, because I, I can't quite remember them. But anyways, I remember Like a Surgeon. I mean, that's uh, that's a real classic parody. Like, he, he took an early uh, early lunch after he came up with that, you know? <laughs> anyway, that sort of explains, I think, the comedy we were seeing in the pilot. Mm-hmm. I think that you, it's pretty clear that's where that's coming from. And then, of course, the other co-creator was uh, Tracy Trome, mm-hmm. which, well, who knows if we're pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's fine. No one cares. Um, he also has a little bit of a comedy background. He wrote for uh, Saturday Night Live in 1982 during the infamous Dick Ebersol years. So uh, <laughs> a little bit of comedy there. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't see that. Um, but he was also a story editor and writer in the se- first season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. And he even wrote the uh, infamous conspiracy episode. Which one's that? Uh, the one with the worms where they blow oh, their head. Oh, yeah, yeah. The really violent episode. I did see that he um, was one of the writers that left uh, during the beginning where all the writers really hated uh, Gene Roddenberry. And so the writers were just leaving in droves because he was so annoying. Mm, that's not the case here, though. No, it isn't? I thought he was. I watched a little making of video on sliders and uh tracy treme um says he was something of a protege to gene roddenberry who taught him all about making tv and like how to have a social message hidden in a science fiction show which is what really inspired him to make sliders hmm do you think that's him uh retconning his own uh narrative a bit a hundred percent i think that's him retconning (laughs) his own narrative I like sometimes when you see these things, these talking heads, and people make these like grand sweeping statements. And you're like, is that what happened? All right, sure. It sounds good on a DVD extra, I guess. Well, the way he phrased it too was like, I was something, some might say, a little bit of a problem. Like, so you were a guy in the writer's room. Yeah. Um, well, I have to say, um, before we even get into it, and I, I don't think he wrote this episode, but the, uh, the weaker sex episode that we're going to talk about, episode seven... It, it it really does seem like a Gene Roddenberry-esque episode for what it's worth. It's truly, it truly is a Gene Roddenberry-style episode. I'll give you one little um, last tidbit on old Tramé here, though. Mm-hmm. Is uh, He also wrote two based-on-true-event UFO encounter adaptations. <laughs> so adapted from books. Really? 
He wrote Fire in the Sky and Intruders. Oh, wow. Oh, I did see Intruders. Oh, yeah, he wrote Fire in the Sky. Well, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, so he has definitely a science fiction background. And as I was sort of watching the uh, making of it, was it, he and uh, Robert K. Wise were interviewed. And he sort of talked about how he, he pitched the whole concept of alternative worlds to Wise. And um, together they developed it as sort of um, a combo of like a heady science fiction show mixed with a dark comedy. That's what they called it, a quote-unquote dark comedy. Because um, they felt like you could go either way, but they'd try to do it like do both. Mm-hmm. Though I think calling it a dark comedy might be a, a stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. I think maybe it's a term, they don't mean uh, as the term is, I think, commonly used in terms of a dark comedy. I think it's just like, there's like, we're going to make light of some uh, some situations so it doesn't get too heavy. Right, right, right. So just comedy. <laughs> just comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they just mean comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. At any rate, they were more or less in charge of the show, or certainly uh, Tracy Tromé was, until sort of the third season, at which point that's mm-hmm. when things sort of go astray, astray, Fox is interfering more, and that's when the sort of the creators and John Landis leave during the third season, and... Um, we, I'm sure we'll get into it more as we get into these like later mm-hmm. seasons and the, and the changeover happens. But apparently Trauma did attempt to retake the show after it was picked up again and canceled by Fox. Like sci-fi had picked it up and Trauma came in and he was trying to like take back control, creative control of the show. But apparently the uh, person they had sort of brought in in the third season to take over Peck for and, him. Peckinpah. Peckinpah. He, yeah. uh, he'd already signed a pretty, uh, a pretty concrete agreement that Universal just didn't want to be bothered getting out of. So um, he ultimately was unsuccessful in retaking the show. Yeah. And I guess, uh, as you kind of mentioned, maybe we'll talk about it in another episode. But the, the backstory of this is a real mess. Like, this show just seemed like it was almost destined to fail just with, like, infighting and studio interference and, like, producers just not getting along, cast being unhappy, um, making some really weird cast changes and decision so it sounded like maybe it wasn't always the happiest place to work you know yeah yeah it seems to be the case i mean we kind of knew that coming in that a lot of the cats would eventually leave so uh, i think yeah. as i read more about it and even the people online are telling me it's just like seems like this didn't go very well for anyone well it's funny and you mentioned this um uh tracy treme yeah that's what we'll go with yeah right um it seems like um the narrative this gentleman has kind of had is like, you know, I had this great idea and we made this show and everyone sort of interfered with it. But every kind of interview I've read with him, he kind of seems like, I don't know. He seems, <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't seem like the, I don't know. Like he's, he's, he, as my grandma would say, if he was chocolate, he'd eat himself, you know? Oh, that's a good, that's a good saying. I like that. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to feel him because everything's kind of blamed on, blamed on this peck and paw and like studio interference. But then I, I see things he says and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if like you would have made it that much better. Yeah. Well, we'll get into these two episodes, but as I watch them, I'm just like, are you not maybe very good is the problem? <laughs> well, that, maybe, maybe that's a more succinct way of saying it. it's like, it's like, if we didn't interfere, our thing would be better. And it's like, it also could have been that you also were not very good and the interference maybe wasn't helpful, but maybe also the product you're making was also poor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could be more than one thing. We'll see. We'll see how it goes as we make our way through the seasons for sure. See if see if uh, it matures or if maybe it was always destined for disaster. But leading into episode six here, eggheads. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it right off the bat. I like this episode, Luke. I liked eggheads. Oh, good, good. Well, then here's the IMDb summary for season one, episode six: Eggheads. Mm-hmm. In a world where intelligence takes precedent over athletics. 
Quinn replaces his double who is hiding and competes as the captain of team in a sport named mind game, which implements rugby style activity with answering high caliber questions. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty good. I'll say a few things um, as we start. Uh, for this episode, there's two major plots happening, and uh, uh, I think it works pretty pretty seamlessly in this episode. I was more invested in the B-plot than in the A-plot. I thought it was very sweet, and I think there's a really sweet, beautiful idea there, whereas the other one is just, uh, the A-plot's kind of just fun and fun and kind of silly about this whole, the basic idea of this society and, and how geniuses or whatever you want to call it intellectuals have been made to these uh, superstars which again i think you have to realize when you're watching the shows you can't think about it too much about the world and how don't the mechanics think at all about it works. if you can <laughs> yeah because it's just like it's you just go okay it's just it's fun like wouldn't it be weird if in this world black is white and you're like all right let's just go with it yeah well it starts off the sliders arrive i like the the premise of the show is now completely in such they they land wherever they land the first thing they do is they flip open their timer and say yeah Five days. We got five days. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, they have five days and almost immediately they see that the world is weird because... Yeah, Jordan. Um, libraries are open late by popular demand. <laughs> was, that, was that the first thing? That's the first thing they see is that sign. They're like, too crazy, man. I thought it was the Einstein in a Gap ad. I mean, that's second. They see they see a punk listening to classical music on like a boombox. Yeah. And then... Uh, which, by the way, I don't know if that means anything about intelligence but, or, like, your musical taste, but regardless. And then basically what happens really quickly is people start asking Quinn immediately for his autograph. Like, it's like one person sees him, then more people, and they start getting crowded. And then also uh, Max Arturo, he also starts getting people uh, swarming him for an autograph to the point where they're, like, they're getting squished and pushed. Like, people are just, like, know who they are and want their want their autograph and want like a piece of them to the point where like they're getting a little overwhelmed yeah and the big tease here is uh, they ask someone in the crowd uh, wade and uh, rembrandt like why is everyone so excited about this too and they're like you don't know they're famous sliders and you're like what 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 everyone knows and then the audience is like sliders yeah exactly and then and then they whisper sliders to us and the show <laughs> continues um but yeah let's, we've you, we've t- talked about it a bit but like let's just describe which i think is an easy way to talk about sliders what is the premise of this world the premise of this world is that intellectualism or intelligence is become the most i don't know what you say not the most popular thing the most um in sort of in pulp culture and everything everything in the world is is directed towards intelligence as opposed to they're sort of making i guess a comment that our greatest celebrities and so are you know athletes and things and in this world it's you know geniuses yeah, I mean, it's a classic argument. It's like if we treated celebrities or we treated scientists like we treat celebrities, everything would be better, basically. Like what if there was a world where the being smart was what you got you famous, basically? Right. But but here's what here's what's weird about it, though, is that they sort of want it both ways, though, because it's not just like people are really interested in some sort of uh, dissertation. They're still playing it. They're still playing sports. Yes, yes. Well, that's it. There's sports around this. I believe at some point we see a music video for a rap group called Point Dexter and the Study Crew. Yeah, it's just, it's more that everything's the same. It's just that the topic in the things we already know is, like, is science? Yeah, I guess so. I mean... It doesn't quite work, I know. It doesn't really. But the big thing here is there's a game called Mind Game. This is the big sport on this planet. And this is what Quinn plays, and this is why he's so famous. 
And did you figure out how Mind Game works? I, I made some notes, but it's such a weird game. <laughs> Uh, sort of uh, like here, here's what i kind of figured out is you've got a board that has um squares on it, and each square has different numbers and i think you get points based on what square you happen to be standing on and what it basically is is you have a ball there's two teams and uh the ball is thrown back and forth you're supposed to uh hold the ball get to a certain square that you want the points answer a question and then throw the ball off to another teammate who's doing the same sort of thing. And you're basically trying to be on the highest point number squares before you get tagged out. And you answer, like, because all the questions don't have, they have multiple answers. So you want to get as many answers as you can before the other team tags you out. Is that pretty much it? Sort of. It's more like the board game Go. Like, you're really only getting one square. Oh, you only get one. Um, what it is is that, like, like Go, you're, you're putting down, like, markers on a board and you can take other people's spots on the board like go i have you ever played go no clearly not because i I thought it was different rules yeah yeah but the idea is just like there's like you know 20 spots on a board you get a spot when you answer all the questions right and then the opponent can take over that spot by answering the question next to your spot that can like that takes over spots next to you basically so that's how quinn will later win a game by like getting one spot but it ends up taking over most of the board because it's like a very open spot that'll knock out the other players points basically Ah, okay. So disregard everything I said. Anyways, it's not entirely clear, at least for people who may not know that game. But it's like, for me, I was just like, it doesn't really matter. I kind of see where this is going. Yeah, I mean, it's that. The the intro said it's sort of like rugby. I'd say it's more like flag football in that, like, to get someone out, you have to tap a little button on the side of their their, uh, thing. And then the questions involved is you have to answer questions. The first question is just Family Feud. You just play Family Feud. I do like that. Yeah, to, no, it's it's to see yeah who's going to uh, who's going to get go first is basically what it is. Instead of a coin toss, they essentially Family Feud it. They're like, uh, we asked a hundred scientists, uh, what's <laughs> on the board? And I'm like, okay, dumb, but let's go. And then the other questions, because this is like the whole setup is just like, this is where geniuses thrive. Everyone's the yeah. best. The questions are sub Jeopardy questions. They're asked. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because it's it's still, like, TV. But, yes, the idea is supposed to be that these are the smartest, the smart, and um, it's it, really what it is is can you remember these very complicated things under pressure of also trying yeah. to do this physical well activity? Playing That's basically sport. what the sport is. Yeah. Also, why does the sport look so boring? Like, it's not even in a stadium. They shoot it in an empty room with no audience. Well, because, because, because they shot it on a stage, Luke. It was so weird because I was like, at first I was just like, well, that's fine. I get it. You're not going to like get all the extras out to do all this stuff. And then they watch one game and they have like 300 extras in a bar watching it. And I'm just like, well, you had the extras. Just put them in a stadium. Yeah, I, I guess that, I guess that's true. I don't They They went for like a, um, I don't want to say Tron, but there's sort of like a very like dark room lit up sort of board look. So maybe that's just what it is. They wanted to not distract away from the board. I don't know. It, it didn't really bother me. It looks a little more like a game show than <laughs> I thought so too. I thought it looked like a game show and it was funny because I think there's some things that are um, done better than others. I actually thought the like sort of hip hop video I thought was done very well, but I did think the like opening to the um, opening to the game and sort of the, uh, the newscasters talking stuff. I thought it looked a little bit chintzy, but I was just like, ah, whatever it is what it is. It's the way they've decided. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. 
<laughs> but that's the world. That's the world they've landed yeah. in now. And of course, the sliders are excited because if they've landed in a world where they have doubles and those doubles are sliders as well, then they can just use their doubles slide system and potentially auto set their timer to return them home. So they're very excited. They're like, we just have to find the slide system, fix our timer. We're going home. This is it. This is the this last episode of sliders. Yeah, I, what, I like that. I think already probably as a viewer, because this is episode six, you're probably like, no, you're not. Like That's the <laughs> point of the show. The, the show can't end, so you're not going home. Um, so it's funny. This sort of little bit of tension is is immediately um, erased because you need, need the show to keep going. But yeah, but I do, I do like that um, they do seem like they haven't been broken down enough. Like the characters in the show, they're just like, they're still like, hey, it's not a problem. But w- w- the first thing I thought is like, how long do you think they've been gone at this point? Because they say this one, it's five days, and seemingly, you know, some of them are longer, some of them are shorter, but they don't seem that worried about what is happening back home because they've been gone for seemingly weeks and weeks now. Are they not worried about, like, what's happening at, like, there's, like, people looking for them and their families are maybe had funerals? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I guess there's nothing I can do about that till I get back. I suppose. I suppose. Oh, I worry about it, I guess. I mean, they don't have families. Who cares? Well, what's her face in the first episode? It's like, I got to go home and call home immediately. So she has someone. <laughs> well, in this case, too, Quinn, they go to Quinn's house, hoping they'll find the slide system there and hoping maybe his mom will be there. But um, his yeah. double and his mom are gone. Apparently, they put the house up for sale and moved away. Um, but everything's still there because it was the house isn't sold. They go in and there's no lab in the basement. It's just a regular old basement, just full of trophies of playing mind games. And and we have to say, we find out they, the sort of question that starts is why if he's um, because we find out Quinn is like the most famous like celebrity athlete genius in the world, or he's very famous anyways. Like he's on the Wheaties box and stuff. Wheaties with two E's. Yeah, Wheaties with two E's. <laughs> Why would he uh, be selling uh, his like very modest house for money? You know, that's the, they're like something's something's weird here. Well, they're not like that. We the audience are. The sliders themselves have no curiosity. <laughs> that's true. That's true. No, I think I think to be fair, I think Rembrandt might mention it. Oh, maybe it could be. But Arturo immediately, once they see the house and they know they need to find the slide machine there, he proposes, why don't we just take our double celebrity identities and like find the information we need? And I was like, sounds foolproof. What could go wrong? (laughs) It is funny because, you know, they have to do it in this show because otherwise, again, there's no TV show. But it is a funny idea where you're like, you don't know anything. Like I get a little bit of having to kind of dance on your feet you know, if, if stuck in a situation, but the idea of like taking over someone's life seems, uh, seems like a terrible idea. Particularly at this point, they don't know that their doubles aren't readily available. As far as they know, their doubles are like down the street and they're just like, let's just take their lives right now. I don't know. Maybe we'll bump into them. (laughs) That's true. It is just in the expediency of getting the show going. They're just like, they're like, don't worry about any concerns or thoughts. We're going. Yeah, just keep the plot going, which I have to say, there is something kind of fun and admirable, fun and admirable, more admirable that this show, the show is never boring. It just, it's, you know, sometimes that maybe to, it's it's, sometimes I, do you think so? I think sometimes to its own detriment, sometimes it just is like, keep it going, keep it going. I've been pretty bored these two episodes. (laughs) Have you? Yeah. But we'll get into it, I suppose. I, I like this episode. I thought this episode was, I'll, I'll tell you, we'll talk about the, the B plot and I'll, I'll say why I like this episode. All right. Well, we're going to the B plot because they go to the UCLA to sort of figure out if they can find maybe Arturo has the system stashed at the university. And they quickly discover Arturo is the chairman of the university. And this is where his B plot kicks in. And we'll go all the way through it now. And so that 
while he's there looking for the slide system, he's served divorce papers um, by his wife on this planet who uh, his double has been cheating on. But the wife he has on this planet, it's the wife he had back on Earth, his Earth, who died young. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we get is he is put in a very odd situation, odder than just sliding, I suppose, which is he immediately you know what his conflict is going to be because there's that idea of he has the what would have been in my life if this person had not died and in this world she hasn't died and so immediately he you know he has that second chance you know and i and i think there's now it's not fully realized in this episode because again it's the the b plot and i understand why it's the b plot you need more time for them like playing the sport and that's a better commercial for the show but i think there's a a very interesting idea here of these of this second chance and what it would do to someone and what you would do um especially if it again as you're saying it's like a love of his life that died young and then he never found love in the same way again um that is sort of heartbreaking you know and they and it's funny getting to the show they 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 lean on it a little bit for a couple scenes and um the actor does a great job of it but it's not really what they're more concerned they're more concerned like okay anyways that's the b plot let's get back to things and i was just like no i think there's something really there's a really interesting idea here, you know? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. It's a really meaningful concept they've got here. And, like, he realizes his wife is alive. You know, he goes to meet her at one point, And, you know, she's. it's very clear that his double's been a real dirtbag. Yeah. And he's just, like, regretful about it. And then he'll a scene will go by, and then he's, like, having coffee with her. Somehow he's convinced her to have coffee with him. And he, like, sort of goes on this big speech about how he's regretful for what has happened and he wants to make it right and there's this invocation he like tells the other sliders maybe he's going to stay here he's going to stay here with his wife and try it again kind of thing so we're given this kind of moment where it's like oh maybe he'll stay on this earth and try again with his wife sort of idea Mm -hmm. but then it kind of culminates in this odd scene where he records a video to his double should his double ever return back to visit his wife telling him to make up with his wife and then he's like well i'm gonna go slide now see you later yeah, it was weird how that happened because it was like he he has this scene and you could see like her even make a turn. Like he's so clearly apologetic and so uh, clearly earnest about what he's saying that it convinces her. And he's like, I want to be able to try again. And you can see her turning. He's like, I just got to go away, though, for a little bit. Uh, don't worry. It's not a big thing. But when I come back, well, let's let's do this. And she's uh, I don't think she actually says, OK, but you can see. No, it no, she's face. down. She's ready to go. She? And then, yeah, he goes and records the thing. I'm like. But, but, but why 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 not like it just it just it, i like i understand why but it was just so weird because there wasn't um, a moment for him that changed him go like no my my job is to keep sliding that's what i should be doing there wasn't that turn right so it's just like he's gonna record i'm like but what if that guy never comes back and you've just like just hurt this woman again yeah it's it's a good idea for a B plot. That's the kind of crazy part. It's like a really good idea. Yeah. But they just know the beats. They're like, and then he has to do this, and then he has to do this, and then he has to do this. But they don't know how to like make that character do anything. Like he just shows up yeah. and he's like, now I'm now I'm staying. Now I'm recording a video so my double stays. I'm like, but why? You didn't change. Yeah. It almost feels to me that it just isn't fully realized because so much time has to be spent on the A plot. Um, and and they they it, not that they have to take so much time building the world, but there is so many scenes of like they, they just they, it, we'll go back to it, but they have to layer so many things on the a plot of like okay, uh, Quinn's the best in the world playing this game. 
also he has gambling troubles also the fbi has evolved also this thing you're just like okay sure and like it all it all it all works fine like mechanically but i just think it takes so much time yeah i feel the same way with the b plot it's just like it all works on paper like if you put those down as bullet points you'd be like great but they didn't yeah. get further than bullet points. I would agree with that. I would agree. But but I think I think I still liked it because it was there. I think maybe I'm just being more forgiven. I'm like, I like it. I like that sort of idea, that like wistful, like what if kind of idea. Yeah, I mean, 100% a good idea. I just think awfully executed. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Anyway, enough of the B plot. Let's get on to the mind game, Jordan. Yeah. That's what you're all here for, the mind game. Yeah, not me. Everyone else is here for the mind game. I'm on for this wistful what if. Quinn, of course, is quickly uh, brought to join the UCLA team once he takes over his um, his doubles identity. The UCLA Eggheads, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think last week I thought that Rembrandt's nickname for Quinn was Egghead. Maybe it was. But I realized, no, no, I realized what, what Rembrandt is always calling Quinn. He's calling him Q-Ball all the time. I don't know why. And it's so funny. <laughs> you know what i one thing that i, I was um uh bummed in is that uh, in this episode rembrandt doesn't have much to do no there's not much for rembrandt there's not much for quay wade to do <laughs> no no but see wade wade is like i just know her character they're not gonna know what to do with unless it's um fall in love with quinn or have an like her own sort of episode otherwise they, they're not gonna know what to do with her character rembrandt's at least the calm like the uh, comedic relief but when he's not doing that they also don't know what to do with him that's true. It's true. But anyway, Quinn's on the team. He's practicing. Apparently his double has been missing for months and like his replacement is like annoyed with him because he was like going to be in the finals. But now that Quinn's back, the coach wants Quinn in. And this coach, this this coach, this coach is such an enabler. At some point he gives a speech about how he ignored the Quinn left for six months and always ignores when he shows up drunk to games and all because he wants to win a final. He'll let Quinn do whatever he wants. Well, and it's also interesting because uh, if, if you're looking at it from a sports perspective, he's been gone for six months. I'm assuming most of the season and the team is so strong that they're still going to the final. It's like, well, you probably don't need him. Like you have a strong team or at least you have a very good chance. I, I get the idea of like your star players back and it's like going to put you over the top. But it's also like the team is it seems to have uh, meshed without him. I know. It's very funny. The coach is built as this character who's just like, you want to give one for that gipper. And I'm just like, no, I think he's a bad coach. It sounds like he's bad at his job. <laughs> Yeah, because even like we're gonna we're maybe a little bit of mess here, but later on near the end of the episode, Quinn's basically like, "I can't do this. I need to quit." And he goes and does that, and the coach is like, "Don't quit. You're ruining us." And he's like, "No, I gotta go." And then they cut to like, "Oh, he is gonna play in the game." And the coach is like, "I'm fine with it." I'm like, <laughs> "Man, th- this this guy's getting pulled all all directions." He's the best mind game player, Jordan, since Carl Sagan <laughs> and Stephen Hawking. I I know they said that, and it was it was almost as if someone I know it Google didn't exist at this time, but it's almost like someone looked up like who are smart people? Or we already have Einstein, and like now it's Sagan and uh, uh, Stephen Hawking. I'm like, okay, I, I'm just gonna say it. I know this is terrible, but like, is Stephen Hawking in this world is he not in a wheelchair? It seemed a little distasteful to me too. Like, come on, you guys, he's still good. Is it, it's not like he's bad in this world. He's pretty good in our world. Yeah, it's it's, it's just like. Uh, because I'm sorry, if he was in the wheelchair, he wouldn't be good at the game. I'm sorry. It, the, the game's not designed for wheelchairs. He wrote the book on it, Jordan. He wrote How to Win Mind Game. I know. It just it seemed a little bit like, it, they're like, isn't that funny? And it's like, maybe it's not so funny. Does it feel like the writers think they're smart, but they're not? <laughs> yes. 
You know what I think it is? Is I think they spent a lot of time uh, figuring out how the game mechanics were going to work, which apparently is just based on a board game that you know. But I think they maybe didn't <laughs> didn't give much thought beyond. Uh, wouldn't it be fun if this game is? Which I think is, I think probably to the show. How do I say? It? I think sometimes it's going to work well in the show, and sometimes not work well in the show. Which is basically like, you know, the elevator pitch. This world, A, B, and C. And this world, you know, GEF. And it's like, it works sometimes, but maybe not others. And this one, it's like, everyone's smart in this world. You're like, oh, okay, what does that mean? Anyways, Nothing. they play a game. <laughs> Nothing. It doesn't mean anything. So you're like, oh, so it's 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 a fun thing to put in the commercial, but maybe the actual execution doesn't isn't as easy to, uh, to do. And anyway, Quinn is forced to sort of start playing mind game. And, you know, his first game goes poorly, but he ends up winning it. And there's... Uh... By luck, basically. Yeah, it's a real last second win kind of thing with a very funny, like, J plot. Like, it's a Z plot, basically, where Rembrandt reveals he bet all of their money on Quinn losing the game and he's lost everything they have and no one has any further comment on that. Well, it's it's interesting because it's a I think it becomes a little bit of a serialized element, which is they don't have money ever when they go to a world. It almost feels like someone was like, hey, guys, it's it's a. Uh... We should make it difficult for them to have money. But I'm like, I don't, for for what reason? It's not like, like we've already seen the last world there and their money wasn't good anyway. But yeah, so Rembrandt bet their money. And, so, and it's funny because in the next episode we watch, they don't have any money. Yeah, yeah, which is, I guess, maybe the continuity of it. It was just very funny. They're just like, Rembrandt, you lost all our money. And I'm like, well, oh, what's he going to have to do to fix this? And it's like, oh, no, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they don't no, care. I, I, see, I th- see, I think it really is just like you're saying. It's, it's just... Uh, but it's a serialized thing. They're just like, we just don't want them to have money. So don't worry about it. At any rate, what this does do, though, is um, his substitute on the team, he's quite angry that Quinn's back. So he calls up the mafia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like an episode of Auto Man, Joey Fountain and the mob show up to threaten Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. I didn't really think it was so much like Auto Man. But now that you say it, 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 it there do have some similarities. Apparently, Quinn's devil in this world. He has a gambling debt of over a million dollars. And essentially, if Quinn does not want to die, he's either going to need to throw the final game or, you know, just stop playing. Yeah. Pretty easy solution. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the whole thing is it's, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's weird when it's like the, the stakes. Like if I was there, I'm like, what do I care? I just don't. I, 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 nothing that happens in this world matters to me. It's not my world, you know? Yeah, I mean, Quinn is obviously, he's a good guy, so he doesn't want to, like, give up because someone tries to threaten him. But he will end up, like, quitting. He will go and quit at some point with the coach. He does take that, he does take that out. So it's not like they don't yeah. use that out in the episode. And he'll go, and when he tries to quit, the FBI will grab him and say, we're on to you, Quinn of this world. We know you've been shaving points and gambling, and we know you're involved in all this stuff. And Quinn sees an opportunity. He's just like, what if I help you take down the mob? That's sort of, like, the big turn yeah. of the episode. Yeah. And there's a weird thing here. If 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 that was like the Z plot of uh, the episode of of the losing the money, they go back to another plot, which was, hey, isn't there? Aren't they sliders? Isn't there a slide machine on this world somewhere? In a throwaway line, where Arturo shows up and says, "Hey guys, I can't find the slide system. Uh, I think that maybe our doubles actually went to Europe to get away from the mob, and my double left with his mistress, and they have all just run away, and uh, they just made up the idea of sliding." I was just like, I'm sorry, what? To 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 be fair, I, I don't, it's not quite like that. What it is is, 
Arturo is, they're like split up. And Arturo is basically looking for the machine because he thinks he thinks his person might know where it is, right? Right. So I think, but basically what it, what it really is is that he gets distracted by by what's actually happening in his life. And I do think everything you're saying is true, but I think it's it's not quite as bad, I think, is what you're saying. I, he no, he no literally that, shows up and says, I think they're liars. I think they made up sliding, so there's no slide machine here. Yeah, but I, th- that was weird. But I think, maybe I don't, I'm trying to think now. I don't think, yeah. It was all in the service. This whole episode could have happened, except that at the beginning of the episode, they wanted someone to say they're famous sliders. That's what they wanted to say about the doubles at the top. And then later they're like, there's no sliding, actually. They never, like, they could have just been famous. Why did they have to be famous sliders? And then later be like, oh, they they made up the concept of sliding so they could run away to Europe? And then they don't prove that. Arturo just says, I'm just guessing, but maybe that's what happened. Yeah, see, I guess I, guess I kind of thought it was just like his theory, and it could still be that they are actually sliders. It wasn't like that's not definitive, but perhaps you're, perhaps you're right. I guess that's true. I guess that maybe that was Arturo's reason for like, I'm I'm giving up on looking for the slide machine anymore. I'm going to stay here with my wife and uh, good luck to you yeah. suckers. Yeah, but but you're, you are right. It's, it is, they set up one thing that is like, we need to find this machine. And it's just, again, I think it maybe will be a bit of a detriment to the show is that they're more concerned about a fun world. And so it's like, let's not worry about the details so much. But I'll be honest, I again, it's not that it's it's so forgivable. It didn't bother me nearly as much as it bothered you. I'm kind of just like, that's that's the show. It's fine. Kind of move on. I guess so. But why bring it up? Like, they brought it up to begin with. It's true. <laughs> they didn't need a sliding thing. It's true. It, yeah, well, it is weird because I thought, is every episode, are they going to, is this going to be a thing where they're going to go, we're going to need to fix our machine. But I have a feeling they're going to just drop that. Yeah, I mean, clearly they don't know what to do with it as it is. So why bring it up? Yeah, right. Anyway, Quinn's working with the FBI now, and he goes to the final game. He shows up after quitting on his coach, and he's just like, I'm here to play. <laughs> yeah, and it's, everything's fine, I know. Everything's fine. Quinn goes in. He starts winning the game. It's all looking good. And as we said, there's no audience at Mind Game. It's a televised game show, essentially. And I guess the mob is watching at home, and they see that Quinn is winning, so they go down to the studio to threaten him in person. <laughs> Yeah, it's look. But here's the thing: this is this is all just cartoon logic. Like once you just kind of go, once you just realize that, see, th- that's just how I assume this show. I'm just like, it's just a cartoon. So it didn't bother. None of this bothered me. I was just like, yeah, they need the mafia there. It's like, w- what was the funny about this? Is is you know, as we go through this quickly, is not, not only do they show up, but they just kind of like stand menacingly at the at the off to the side but at one point they just come on the game with their guns to chase quinn and i'm like okay guys this is a little stupid <laughs> what's happening is it's halfway through the game and quinn like gets off at halftime he's just like well he starts dominating the game yeah yeah he's he's winning completely but halfway through he's like coach i gotta go slide so uh you gotta put somebody else in for me no he you know okay again what what he basically says is He's been, he's, for whatever reason, there's no real reason he becomes great at the game, but he becomes great at the game like his apparently alter ego. About halfway through the game, he says to his coach, I'm really tired, put another player in. But then it's like, don't put that guy because the mob wants him in, put a different guy in. And then he's basically like, I'm going to go go to the washroom, but he's going to go slide. Which again, they're, they're very um, nonchalant about like, uh, the damage to what they're doing to the, the world, which I think is it this episode is the next episode that they're, they're like, Arturo says we should like, you know, we shouldn't alter these timelines at all. I'm like, you guys do it every second of everything you do. 
I believe at the beginning of this episode, when Arturo says, let's take our celebrity identities, I think Wade's just like, don't you always say not to do that? And he's just like, eh, but this time it'll be fun. <laughs> he's like, yes, and. It is very funny, too. Like, because they've got this timer on it, right? Literally, when Quinn's like, I got to go to the bathroom, the mob's chasing after him. He's just like, two minutes till we slide. I'm just like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, two minutes till they slide. And then... Uh, and They but, run you, up to the roof. Yeah. Yeah. To slide. And of course, because Quinn knew that when he started, once he started winning, the mob would show up at halftime to threaten him and chase him off the court. He knew all this would happen, so he was able to plan with the FBI. So the FBI is also waiting on the roof to catch the mob. Yeah, he planned it. It was a sting. It's all so per. He knew exactly what the mob would do every step of the way. Yeah, and then basically they jump off. Uh, they jump off the building into the portal, which everyone sees. By the way, them do. I think we're supposed to think is the portal's a little further down, so it looks like they all jump to their deaths, but when they look up the side, they're gone. Yeah, but they know they're sliders. That's true. They In this world, they know they're sliders. That's true. Yeah. So, anyways, and then, so, so they, they've, they've won, I guess. Oh, and then, oh, no, what he says, and then Quinn leaves, and for no reason, he says something, I, I watched it three times, I was like, what is he saying? Because the music's over top of it, and I realized the reason I didn't understand it, because it's Latin. He says a Latin phrase, he leaves, but why does he do that? It's because Joey Fountain, because it's Smart World, Joey Fountain, every time he threatened him, used Latin, being like, you'll oh. be dead soon, mortis rictus or whatever. So that was like, oh, we're in Smart World because the mob guy says a couple phrases in Latin. Oh, cause I, I, maybe I just missed that. Because when he, that he said at the end, I'm like, why is he suddenly being like a smart aleck about this? And anyways, it like translates to so long suckers. I was like, all right, sure. Anyways, but I, I know, I know you hated this episode. I didn't hate it. I just thought it was so, it was just fun dumb stuff and i was like sure it's a fun dumb show so it didn't it's just all these details kind of washed over me because it's just like it's a fun dumb show it's like watching auto man again yeah you think so i think so it's the auto man level of writing mm, i would i think it's better than auto man i don't think so no you don't huh? it's such sloppy writing it's insane well talking about sloppy writing should we move on to episode seven let's do it here's the imdb summary for season one episode seven the weaker sex According to the Almanac, the U.S. Congress, the Board of Directors, just about every company on the Fortune 500, all female. Huh? And look who's the Pope. Hey, check out the Sports Monthly Swimsuit Edition. It's men in tiny Speedos. <laughs> well, evidently, we've landed on a world where women are in authority and men are relegated to a second-class status. In a world where women dominate, authority, and traditional gender roles are reversed, Professor Arturo becomes the first male candidate for mayor. And that truncated survey was courtesy of Mark D. Snyder. Yeah, I my first note on this is, I can tell from the title I'm not going to like this episode. I knew this episode was in the mix, and I kept hoping that it wouldn't end up like topping our like best of list. And yeah. it's on all the best of lists. The audience asked for it. I'm just like, all right, we're watching it. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, and it's exactly what you think. It's um, um, here's here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll give give credit where it's due. This is not as, as offensive as it could have been. Absolutely, like it's not quite. Right? As, it's not quite it, as like it's not Roddenberry level of insanity. Yes, it's not. It's not like that. But it's. I think. I mean, I don't know if this is the tribute, but it's 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 as superficial as you could have. It's basically like. It's almost like an episode based on a comedy bit of like men are like this, women are like this. Am I right, people? And, like, what if we turn that to an episode of TV? So it's not that it's offensive. It's just that it's sort of shallow. Yeah. I mean, essentially, 
they don't have any real thoughts on gender inequality at all. Anytime they have to comment on it, they essentially just they constantly they just are breezing over by as, the basic message is whenever it comes up, they're like equality is best, and they'll just be like anytime it has to come yes. up, they're just like equality is best. No more discussion about this, please. Yeah, yeah. So so basically, they go to a world. Um, they pop out in a forest, clearly in Vancouver, um, and they're there for six and a half weeks. I was like six and a half weeks. It's a long one, and I gotta say that slide landing looked rough. <laughs> I agree. They like land on the forest floor, and I was like, "Ooh." I, I think Arturo flips over a couple of times before he lands. It's like they really get thrown <laughs> out of that slide hole. <laughs> yeah. Although when I was watching that making of documentary, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry O'Connell was talking about the uh, the slide landings, and he said, "Oh, it's so much fun at first, and then I like really hurt my back on a mic pack when I fell on it, <laughs> and then it really sucked." And he's just like, "And uh, what's his name, John Reese Davies?" Uh, yeah. He refused to do them and only always made a stuntman do it. I'm like, of course, of course, yeah. you only make a stuntman do it. <laughs> it's like no one's looking at your face as you fall out of this portal. But anyway, you're right. They're there for six and a half weeks. They wander out of the out of the forest. There's Way too long, night- by the way. Way too long to have them in a world. Oh, I know, crazy. Six and a half weeks. Six and a um, half days is too long. It's too long, guys. What I did like though is we had talked about this back in the communist world is that Arturo seemed to want to eat a street hot dog. And when he gets here, yeah. he really wants to eat a pretzel, a street pretzel. He loves yes. street pretzels. No, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I thought the same thing. And it's that was a seemed to be a consistent character point. Now, is it dumb? Kind of. Because I think the joke is like, he's a little bit, he's a little bit heavier, so he likes eating. That aside, as dumb as that may be, um, it was cute that like more than one world he'd show up and he thought the first thing he thought is he's hungry. But I thought that was consistent. Well, I think there is also a little character bit here, too, because we'll see it later in the episode, is that he presents as, like, a very highfalutin, smart guy who, like, only likes the nicest things in life. But, like, we've seen him eat a hot dog. We know he likes the street pretzel. And later in this episode, he will go out for beer and wings at just, like, some crappy bar. And, like, he'll be having the time of his life. He's just eating wings mm-hmm. left and right. And then when he gets back with the sliders, he lies to them and tells them he was at, like, a fancy cocktail dinner yeah. eating caviar. And I think what it, I think there is a character trait, which I, I do kind of like, is that, like, he's a guy who actually does, like, the baser things in life, but he just, like, won't admit to it. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Now, that seemed consistent. But what I didn't think was consistent, which is hard to say because this is only our third episode we've seen, he basically has one of the major plots which is he's going to end up, as you've said in the um, the opening, he's going to end up running for mayor. And the idea is crazy because a man is running for mayor and men in this society would never do that sort of thing. But did was this episode consistent with him as we know him? Because I kind of felt like it wasn't. Like in terms of him in terms like, of the, breaking they have the to rules? Have him, well, no, they have to have him be the somewhat sexist character. And I... And I and I don't, I don't know if I'd seen that before. I mean, maybe he would have been a little bit arrogant and he'd been a little bit um, pompous. And you're saying maybe putting on airs is, is the best way of, of saying this. But I don't think we've seen a thing where he thought men were better or anything like that. It just seemed like they needed a character to do that. He's the easiest one to pick. But I don't know how consistent that is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've watched enough episodes to be sure. It wasn't in the pilot so much. He was a little dismissive, but he wasn't really like as aggressive although i have to say if you look back now at um, mind game and the thing with his wife in that episode the indication would be that in a different world he was that character and like ran off with like a 
undergrad. So like perhaps uh, yeah, it okay. isn't his character. Perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. I just, I just felt like they needed a character to do this and he was the easiest one to pick. And I was just like, I just don't know. It feels like, I don't know. It feels like we're jam. I, I like him and I like his character. So I, maybe I was just like, come on guys. Like, do we need him to be the, the jerk? Yeah, I mean, it's a little sloppy for sure. It's not the most nuanced version of this. He, they make him pretty unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and now I know you like this, Luke. How do they, what's their first indication that this is a different world? Come so on. funny. The man who's selling them pretzels is just like, oh, let's turn on the TV. The president of the United States is about to speak. And they're like, Bill, or they're like, they didn't say that. Sorry. They say, President Clinton. And he's like, why, of course. Too bad he married that loudmouth, eh? And then they flip on the TV and it's Hillary Clinton speaking. Yeah, it's reversed, am I right? Just like tech war. <laughs> people, apparently people in the 90s were obsessed with the idea. And I think I kind of vaguely remember this, that like Hillary was pulling the strings. I think that was the first kind of like thing they were trying to, you know, get Clinton on is like, she's really president. And or like, and I remember like also like, joking about like he's chubby isn't that right it's like that kind of like snl they need you know to uh coalesce everything into one thing about him it's like until you know it's like oh he has a problem with women (laughs) yeah i mean i think we're living in the uh, creation of 90s lazy writing in that it's just like everyone in the sci-fi shows were like hillary clinton's the president of the future and then also i mean you remember the simpsons they're like Donald Trump's the president. I'm like, you guys made this happen. It's your fault. <laughs> 90s, I blame you for everything. Here's there's there's a worse joke though that comes and I know what the joke is, but it doesn't make sense, which is they they also open a magazine and they go, "Oh, it's a female run uh country or planet or whatever." And then they go, "And look who the pope is." And who the pope is is Jane Pauley. Do you remember who Jane Pauley is? I don't. I don't know who that is. Jane Pauley was like on like the Today Show, she was like a host of one of these like talk shows, like these morning shows. But the joke is really that her name's Jane Pauley, and the Pope at the time was Pope John Paul. So the is that whole the joke? joke is the joke is that her name kind of is like Paul, like John Paul. Her name's Jane Pauley. That's the because they go Jane Pauley the second. I'm like, but one, there hasn't been another Jane Pauley Pope, maybe in this world. But Jane Pauley is a just a talk show host i it just it was it was honestly whatever for whatever reason that joke bothered me more than everything in these two episodes combined i just it was so dumb you can really see the influence of the executive producer of scary movie three right here yeah it's just like oh this is so dumb anyways honestly i know you didn't like last episode of the two i would take the other episode of this one any day you want to hear some interesting trivia from imdb sure they went out to hillary clinton to play herself did they really? I'm sure that went nowhere, but Yeah. Well, there you go. That th- she was like she was like, sorry, uh sliders. I don't think so. Alright, so we've pretty much I think you know what this world's about, but I'm gonna give you a little history because yeah. we get a history lesson about how this world came to be at some point. And obviously what we've seen Women are in charge. Men basically have switched roles. They're the homemakers. Uh, we'll see them be the object of female desire. I think Quinn really gets ogled by a woman at some point. Like, you know, it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> Though I'm not 100% sure they, oh, they're they landing this entirely. Like, there's a moment where they're like, the men go off to do their man things together. They're stupid little man things. And they just go to a bar and drink wings and smoke cigars. I'm just like, how, like, I'm just like, wouldn't, 
if the roles were reversed, wouldn't they be like doing something? I just it didn't quite make sense to me, but it doesn't matter. I agree. It's funny they they have this um uh, uh conceit for this episode, and it still doesn't quite work. Cause you're right, they're like they're like when the men have time, they still go off and do like men things. I'm like, but shouldn't this all be reversed? Like, yeah, you know, in the '40s when we used to let our uh, wives go off and hang out at bars and just <laughs> be by themselves. <laughs> anyway. The, how this all came to be, the male dominance on this planet flipped, as they say, quote, hundreds of years ago when women got tired of men, quote, warring. Um, and now the world has no war and no, like, violent crime, essentially. Yeah. But I do have a question about this because later in the episode, a little more details will slip out where they start talking about how... Um, this all happened after a national plebiscite in the United States. Like, that's when the gender wars are switched. There's a national plebiscite mm-hmm. in the United States. The United States, I think it's 1771. So this happened at most 200 years ago that these roles switched. I, does that make any sense to, like, this level of societal change? I, I mean, yeah, the, the short answer is no. no. None of this quite works. And I don't know why they even had to add that in. Did it add anything to the episode? That's what I mean. It's just like, it doesn't make sense. Like, why did you add that much detail? It just raises more, like, it could it just be like, in this society, it's matriarchal. Like, you're done. Why go to yeah. this much trouble? Why is it, yeah. Why put those little touchstones in to, like, raise more weird questions? Yeah, I. it's just, it, what bothers me more is just, if you're going to make this world, just make make the rules and make the rules make sense. And they just... They just want to skim on the surface so much that they sort of just things don't quite make sense. Like you're saying, like the way the guys are going to the bar to have smoked cigars and stuff. It's just like, what what is this world? And and if you're going to make these grand claims of things like there's no war and all these things, well then you have to say why. Is is it? It's literally just because women. It's because women never do violence, Jordan. Ever. It's never happened. Well, that's what I mean. So it's just like, I why even drop the? I guess to your point, why even drop these lines in? Like, I just, I kind of think that maybe this show plays best when the characters are maybe just confused and running around and just reacting to situations because they're a fish out of water. I think works better than them. Maybe, maybe it just there's only so many you can do with the adventures like that. But this idea of them like taking over other people's, uh, other people's lives, I just maybe I just don't think it works as well. You know, I don't think you're wrong. I think that is maybe a weakness the show has. At any rate, that's the world. And and as we've said, they're stuck here for like six weeks. And and they're as we saw from the last episode, they're broke, so they have to yeah. get jobs. But of course, because they're majority men, the, the only jobs available are nanny or nude model. Yeah. Well, again, it's sort of thing. It's like, so this world, there's no war or there's no violence and stuff, but. I just don't, I don't, it's, you would think it's because, I have no problem with the idea that there's women in charge and then inequality has happened and this is a utopian society, but it's not a utopian society, but they set it up as if it is. Yeah, well, that's it. There's like, there's no war, no violence because men are not of a charge, but also it's a, it's un, it's unfair, the world. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, okay. I, I, anyways, I, it's, yeah, it's not great. Anyway, but Wade is able, because she's a woman, to easily get a job handling the computer system for the mayor of San Francisco's re-election campaign. And uh, she gets that job off screen, and then she comes back, and she's like, hey, you guys, come on, I'll, I'll see if I can get you an interview on the re-election campaign. And they go in, and of course, um, Quinn is hired right away, both because he's easy in the eyes, and also, I guess we must have missed this this season, he's Wade's boyfriend now. 
Yes. Well, at first I thought they they made they made a comment like you're Wade's boyfriend, and I thought it was a thing where at first she was just saying that to help him get the job. I thought this exact same thing. And then later on, when it was it when he was like drying her hair. Yeah, they're sitting on a bed together, and he's yeah gently drying her hair. I'm like, oh, they're a, definitely a couple. Yeah, I have never uh, dried. Actually, I don't think I've ever dried anyone's hair. But if I was going to, it would be my, it would be my partner. I mean, that's the best place to start, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've asked you multiple times, but you keep saying no. I keep saying I won't have a shower in front of you. <laughs> At any rate, uh, he lands a job there. And um, this basically will sideline, much like the last episode, which sidelined Wade and Rembrandt. Wade and Quinn this episode are very much sidelined at this mayor's office for the campaign. They're not important to the episode. We'll see them here and there just to add some points, but they're mostly not characters. But don't you think it's crazy that in this episode, which is a, again, a female dominated world, you have a female character. Don't you think this should be her episode? I 100% think it's insane that the yeah. only female character in the show has no role in the show where isn't it weird we reverse the genders? Yeah, like her her role in this episode essentially is to be like put her hands on her hips and go like, "Come on. This is good. Come on, guys." And I was like, "Oh, that's it's bad." It's like because what it really is is um I looked it up by the way. Of the three people credited writing, one is a woman who wrote this episode. Um, I think and it's then two, the other, isn't it? Two women. Yeah, and then the, and then there's the producers. So uh, they made this decision, but but at the same time, it's like this seems crazy to me that this was an opportunity to. I mean, look, the show has to be light. You can't you can't get so heavy with these things. But there's some opportunity for at least some conversation here. And the, what it really is is the men being like, things kind of suck. And I and I think, and I think, and and I think you sort of implied at the beginning. The uh, the really what they want to say is isn't it better if just like we just like things are as they are like it's a little more equal so things equal like we're not saying men should be in charge but let's just have it let's have us both in charge you know what I'm saying yeah yeah I mean definitely every time there's a push and shove comes up about like you know Arturo running for mayor and be wanting his place back as a man he's always just like I'm only it's always kind of just like tampered by being like I'm only fighting for equality I'm not fighting for dominance and it's just like art you though (laughs) yeah because that's the thing because then the messaging he has though is all about how men should rise up and men are just can do all these things and they should be in charge and all this sort of stuff i'm like well you're just you're going back to 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 what what not what you're saying you're going back to the society you come from yeah yeah you're going back to 200 years ago man (laughs) (laughs) at any rate uh there's a b plot in this episode much like last episode and it's entirely Rambrandt's B-plot. He uh, doesn't get a job, so he's been busking on the street, which I realize I'm like, he's the only kind of useful slider and that he can sing and busk wherever where he goes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's actually the actor singing. Yeah, no, I think he's I think he's really doing it. I actually was just like, this is great. I actually think this would explain a lot. They shouldn't worry so much about jobs. It should just be like, oh, he busks where they go and they make a little bit of money. I'm like, great, no problem. I get well, it. Well, they do, they do like the line of this. And like, I think they said like, he's made $7 and eight hours of singing or something. So it's not... It's not a the most financial, uh, financially oh, no. great decision, but um, but uh, they, you know the episode. The reason is why they've had them there six and a half weeks because they have to have them make a little bit of money, and they need them to have sort of a longer plot line run out. But I still think it's insane you have them there for six and a half weeks. I think it's just crazy. Well, the insanity of it really shows up in this B plot where a woman is driving by in a convertible and sees Rembrandt <laughs> singing, and yeah. we get a very classic storyline of just like. 
a sleazy person sees a person singing and decides they're going to take advantage of their dream to like sleep with them and use them for their body essentially mm-hmm. yeah she basically promises him a record deal and then what what's it's like it's so obvious in the beginning like it's telegraphed to the point where like she might as well be um have a sign on her of like i'm taking advantage of you well and rembrandt at first he seems pretty savvy to what's happening but doesn't mind because he gets to live at a nice house because she lets him move in immediately like he's living there for six weeks yeah and over time it just becomes this really wrought kind of like gender reversal of just like he becomes the a whiny needy person and like her ex-boyfriend drops by and like the joke is that he cries and goes to therapy to deal with his mother issues and like it all sort of ends with like him whining about his feelings and her being like i'm a free agent get out of here and he's like kicked to the curb and like the entire plot is that and then when he meets up with the sliders again after six weeks of living with this woman i know he's just like they're like, what happened with that girl you were seeing? He's just like, uh, I don't need her. I'm a free agent. I, I'm a, I'm a man. I don't need a woman. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, I, I, I do like though that that he's been there. That uh, like he just goes off away from his team. Let's call them the rest of the sliders, sliders. And uh, he's just there for six weeks. And then at the end of the episode, he comes back. He's like, anyways, put that, put that behind me. They're like, hey, how was the hotel or wherever you're staying with the woman? He's like, yeah, it was good. It's just like it just <laughs> was weird that like it's it's not a thing it, at all. It was like for six weeks they didn't see Rembrandt. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just being. And it's so funny because it's it's it amounts to nothing. It's you're right. It's just for those kind of jokes of like him being like, "I cooked you a meal and you came home and didn't care." And you're like, "Okay, all right, Great. guys, let's get you through guys this." Are killing this gender swap. Yeah, it's like they just and it's just it doesn't matter. We don't even need to talk about it. Nothing happens. It just got yeah, that's, that's it. That's the whole plot. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Back to a plot though is when. Arturo was at the mayor's office waiting to like a like a interview for a job and also it's flirting really creepily with the mayor on the elevator that was weird right yeah well they do this I think they want to do this thing like he's charming and in this in in our world it would have been a charming thing to do but it's still not charming no matter what world you're in and also I think it's out of character personally yeah he's waiting for his interview and he starts like complaining about how he doesn't see how this world works because women are never on time for anything so how can they run anything yeah like that's what he's saying and yeah. then there's a male reporter there who's like i like the cut of your jib <laughs> wait what yeah and like and basically what what becomes is uh very quickly he becomes sort of like the um the figurehead and the person they want to prop up as mayor um because he has this men first agenda essentially um, despite what he says, that's what it is. And, um, and, and he starts over the course of the episode, um, gaining quite a bit of steam, like his message is landing specifically with men and with some women. And he keeps saying equality, but like, he's sort of a joke at first, but like, they're like, he's at 7%, he's at 9%. And then like, he's at 20%. Like he doesn't think he's going to win. And he, he sort of makes the point that, because like characters are like, why are you even doing this? He's like, well, I want to bring equality to this world, even though it doesn't seem like what he's doing. Um, but, I believe, but he is gaining steam. I believe his exact line is he says, "It's men on this earth are like the people of communist China. <laughs> <laughs> like he makes some sort of point that like they have it as bad off. I'm like, what are you, what is happening? Yeah, so it like it doesn't work, um, and and it sort of just becomes a thing where it's like, of course, like he starts, you know, he starts gaining gaining some speed, and the characters are sort of like Arturo, why are you doing this? You shouldn't, you know, 
yeah, you yeah. shouldn't be uh, uh, taking this over. But but isn't it interesting though in this episode? Because I kept thinking, I'm like, are is his real character going to show up at any point? Yeah, I think in some of the worlds they just don't have doppelgangers. Is the idea? Yeah, because it's it's just interesting that in the last episode it like was a point of the episode, and this one it's just like they're just like yeah. Anyways, we don't even have to worry about it. Yeah, I think in this episode we're supposed to assume there's no doubles to even notice they're there. Yeah, the only thing they do is they do they drop a line of like he says he's the professor of this university, but we have no record of him being in that university. And I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, that's different. Um, but yes, this is it. He's he's put in this position. He's going to be this mayoral candidate by this group of men who've been trying to find someone who had the like charisma and energy to like run a campaign against the incumbent mayor. And um, they love that he's a professor. That's a big that's a big selling point. And yeah. Arturo's like, it's great. I we slide the night of the election, so I'll just do the election and then we'll go. And then, as you said, his popularity starts growing and growing. It's seven percent. It's twenty percent. He's getting more and more of the polls. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is in spite of the fact that he uh, is saying to people, like, I think at one point when um, I think even when they're talking about just like, why are you like, why are you trying to like upset the upset the balance of this world? Like their their values are different than yours. I believe Wade says that to him, and the exact quote is, "Our turn turns around and says, have you finished, woman?'" <laughs> yeah. Again, it's like, and I don't know if it's just because I like the actor. Um, but I just thought it was too much of a turn for him. And I know why, because it's in service of the episode, but I just, it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel organic to me. You didn't think it was organic when he, uh, tried to give literature, his election literature to a woman. And when she wouldn't take it, he calls her an ignorant bovine. Yes. It's just all this. It's like, I know, I know what they're doing. And it's like, it's almost that like, because, you know, you give someone power and they sort of their worst uh, uh, characters come out it's that sort of thing but i just it just didn't feel real to me so i just I, I just didn't buy it i liked after the last episode too as he's getting like more and more popular and it's looking more and more like he could be a contender for the election he like last episode is just like i'm gonna stay in this world <laughs> i'm just like you said that last week too yeah it is funny that in both episodes back to back they've given it to arturo he just seems like he's a bit of a wet blanket now it's just like every world they go to he's like i kind of like this one better i kind of like this one better i'm like are there troubles in your life arturo that you uh you never want to go back <laughs> But of course, as his rise to power keeps going, um, things get a little little janky for him. Like a brick goes through a window, he gets a death threat call, and he uh, even has an assassination attempt that was, I think, shot to mimic the Reagan assassination attempt. Yeah, it was, and it was weird. I was like, do mayors get assassination attempts? Mayors? It's. I think what they're doing here is they're equating him to the civil rights movement, perhaps. Yeah. Which yeah. maybe not the way you want to go, but okay. Yeah, I just it. Yeah, it, it's it's the the further they get along in this episode, the more their conceit sort of falls apart because it it they hadn't thought it out to begin with. He does at some point compare himself to Martin Luther King. Yeah, I mean it's just it's not good. And again, I'll, Luke, let me just say again, I'll, it's not as offensive as it. We're we're making it look. Is it a good episode? No, it's not that it's offensive. It's that it's lazy. Is the problem? It's just like they're like. Here's tropes. Men are like this. Women are like this. Let's make an episode. And that's as deep as they went. That's the biggest crime this episode has is it's just lazy. It's I don't think it's and it's not meant to be offensive. I think now with modern modern eyes, we watch it. I'm like, guys, this is bad. But I don't think it's ever intended. Like, it's not mean spirited. It's just lazy. That's just it. It's offensive that it's the laziest thoughts that ever yes. happened on page. <laughs> yes. And, and uh, for adults to have written this. Yes, yes. We do get to see two political ads, though. Uh, I believe I like Arturo's the best because his slogan for his campaign is, I favor the good things in life. 
and I oppose the bad things in life. I was like, what a slogan. Well, they did, well it's funny because that, that is what Quinn says at one point. He's like, oh, wow, you've really got on a limb there, huh? Yeah, yeah, very funny. That's I like that a lot. But then we also see the attack ad that the mayor runs against Arturo, where yeah. she calls out the fact just like, he says he's a university professor, but like, he's not. There's no evidence of it anywhere. And that was the first thing I thought. As soon as the like, men came to recruit him, I'm just like, do you not want to vet this guy, even in the slightest? Yeah, but yeah. It is what it is. But it also leads to one of the only scenes between Wade and Quinn in the episode where the mayor brings Wade in, or Quinn in to get a man's perspective on this attack ad. He watches it. He gets upset there's an attack ad on his friend Toro, And he takes Wade aside and he's just like, this is your fault, Wade. The only reason they would know he's not a university professor on this earth is if you told them. Yeah, I know. And I was like, the fuck you talking about? I, was, I know it was weird because they needed the character to be angry at her. Um, but there was no real reason other than it could have just been like, you should have told them to like lighten up on him. You know what I mean? Cause he's your friend. It could have been something to that effect, even though I don't know if that works, but yeah, they were like, he's like, there's no way they would have got that information. I'm like, yeah, they could have just made one phone call. That's What's the thing? The information. He yells at her for telling them about this to, for, to ruin Arturo's chance, which they should be trying to return Arturo's chances. They should not be trying to help him. And then Wade says to him, he's like, she, she says to Quinn, it was on the front page of the New York times. And he doesn't apologize. He just storms off. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's true. I was just like, this this episode and its relationship to women is out of its mind. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Anyway, because of the assassination attempt, Arturo has decided that maybe it's a bad idea to stay on this world. Maybe, yeah. he's, maybe he is pushing too much of his own opinions and ideas onto this world. And basically, they decided he's got a big... Um, debate coming up against the mayor and he's gonna he's gonna throw that debate and that'll like it'll ruin his campaign but it'll still like give hope to the men's rights movement of this of this universe basically yeah now now this this is the whole the the big crux of this all is that he's gonna throw the debate and it's very clear because he says how i'm gonna throw the debate is basically i'm gonna do something i wasn't familiar with this this historical thing of this guy who i guess was running for president at some point, I guess probably either in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, and and cry during a debate, and basically he looked uh, weak or effeminate or whatever it was that people didn't think he was a strong enough leader, right? He's going to pull a muskie. Yeah, so he wants to, but I was like, I can see exactly where that's going to go. Like, it's not like, I'm going to go to the debate, I'm going to say terrible things, or I'm going to uh, forget my points, or things that would actually make you look uh, bad in a debate you know, agree with everything that your uh, your opponent is saying and not have any point to your own. But like to to cry, I'm like, I know exactly. Everyone will just give you sympathy. So it's not a great strategy, but it is the one he does. Of course, he does go to the debate. He does sort of like, I, I think we're supposed to assume that the debate's been on for a while, but it almost looks like it's like the first question. It does. And then she makes one question. He basically goes like, you've hurt my feelings. And he, and he cries and walks off. And I like immediately the guys come out his like guys he's like polls are in i'm like okay th- it wouldn't happen like this you wouldn't have a poll in in three seconds but oh, yeah i believe they i think maybe they even say something like the insta polls here i'm like you guys shut up <laughs> yeah so anyways it's like people like it and it's like now now after that performance of three seconds um essentially neck and neck yeah yeah hard cut it's election night the night they're supposed to slide and they're all sitting around they've been there six and a half weeks they're all sitting around the campaign office waiting to get the results arturo's not sure if he's going to stay or go now that he might win the election and uh, cnn calls it the incumbent mayor has won 
just in time. I think I think they said like there's two minutes left to the slide, and Arturo's like, "Let me give a quick speech to the uh, to the people," and he gives like a four minute speech. And I'm like, "Well, the yeah. time has come and gone." But <laughs> but at any rate, the idea is the CNN makes the announcement, they slide out of that world, and then his campaign manager runs in and says, CNN was wrong. BBC and CBC or CBC, NBC are calling it for you. You won the election, but it's too late. He already left. Yeah, he just left a pin. And so, like, they made a lot of damage in this world. Oh, yeah, it's quite significantly. But not as much damage as happens in the button on their next slide. Oh, what what is that? Oh, that's right. So they, they go to the, um, uh, they, you just see them all on a tropical beach. They slide to tropical world. <laughs> yeah, tropical world. And they're just, like, enjoying themselves. And then we, they, they made a bet, like, um, Wade and um, Arturo uh, made a bet that, uh, I like, by the way, I only refer to his last name, Max, Max Arturo. Um, he, they made a bet, like, I think it's, uh, he will give her a neck rub if he wins. No, no. What was it? If Arturo wins, Wade will give him a neck rub weird right oh yeah that's right and if he loses he has to be her slave for the whole slide and then they go a place for nine days so to be a slave he has to like get her a drink i remember they were like he has to get her a drink i'm like i've gotten someone a drink before that's not a, that's not a, a bother at all it's a nice thing to do for someone were they only on tropical land for nine days it wasn't like a seven month slide yeah i know could you imagine i hope there's an episode where like we're here for four years yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh oh i guess we do have to get jobs all right. Well, any any final notes on uh, on these episodes? Well, it's it, uh, the one thing I will say is, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more of the history of the show as we go. But there was this idea, and I keep saying this over and over, where people were like, the beginning of the show is really about ideas, and it's about these concepts, and it's when the show is really great. And later on, it kind of becomes um, focused on action and stuff. And I started wondering, is it that great though when it's when it, these ideas aren't that fully realized? You know, it's, it's a nice idea to have these concepts, but if you're not executing them, I don't know how great it is, and maybe you guys should just do an action show. I don't mean to sound like a studio guy, but maybe that was the point. Maybe it was like, these are not that great. Why don't we just focus on what you guys are good at, which is having a fun time? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing about this concept is either you're going to do a fun episode where there's something weird happening, like everybody here has an eye in the back of their head, but you, and you got to cover that up the entire time you're here. You know, it's, it's got to be like a weird, big mm-hmm. idea that you're just running around having fun with. Or, I mean, like the Trome guy said in his own words, he's just like, I learned from Roddenberry, and Roddenberry told me you could do social issue episodes with these science fiction concepts. And in both of these episodes, I would argue, they've attempted a social issues commentary. But I guess that becomes the question. It's just like, what is the commentary? <laughs> if yeah, if eggheads is about what if the smart were worshipped like celebrities, their answer is they're still scumbags who cheat on their wives and uh, steal money, and society's no better for it. So I guess the moral is scientists should be treated like they are currently. <laughs> yeah, and then like the weaker sex episode. Here's the thing: you you said it throughout the episode. You understood that Rembrandt was being written to be a little overly sexist. That was the idea for the Ar- Arturo. episode. Arturo story. Yeah. What did I say? Who knows? Rembrandt. he's he's a housewife the whole episode that's right but i mean i guess that goes through arturo's being overridden as a sexist and rembrandt is being written as like a a housewife in this episode but i would ask you this they've they've made him just like he calls someone an ignorant cow he says shut up woman what does he learn jordan does he learn anything i would argue he learns nothing no you're right these are both like star trek the next generation episodes but without and it's crazy to say like without the nuance of what always worked well with star trek which is the sort of 
moralizing without you ever feeling that you're being you know taught a lesson and and that's that that sort of like magic trick of like it's an entertaining episode and you're like oh and i've learned something and the characters have learned something and we're all better for it you know it's when star trek's at its best and i and i think you're right i think they're trying to do this but I, it's thing. also shallow i don't think they tried to teach a lesson though because there was no let like arturo doesn't learn anything no but that's what i mean they're it's it's i think they think setting up the question is enough I think that's okay. what they think. They're like, they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be crazy? Doesn't look at all these points. Crazy, right? Anyways, I think that's what they think, as opposed to like landing anything, you know? Because it was the weird thing to overwrite Arturo as a sexist, and then by the end of the episode, he like he's as far as we can tell, he's still that person. Like he didn't learn anything. He didn't learn anything about like people's roles. He just lost an election. But he won't be because he was only written to be that extreme for this one episode. But right? why bother? That's what I mean. Why bother writing him that way if that wasn't the point of the episode? Yeah. I know. It's not a good episode. That's that's why. Because it's not a good episode. Even with Rembrandt, I mean, at least that actor, like, he has less to do in that episode. So you could maybe argue that, like, maybe he did learn something about how to treat people. But at the end, it doesn't seem like he like he's just like, oh, that yeah. was a weird adventure I went on, eh? Didn't learn anything. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do. It's it's funny. Um, the amount of time that's spent to set stuff up. But you're right. Like, you're like maybe just take a little time at the end to have the character, you know, maybe not necessarily get their comeuppance. But you're right. Have that moment of like realization. They just didn't seem to have time for it. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's very strange. Even like, yeah, I don't know. Even with eggheads, it's like, great. You want him to play a contact sport for smart people? It's great. Like, why all the setup of like only smart people are worshipped like it doesn't mean anything on this world like it doesn't mean anything yeah which is i think i think going forward i think is uh should be the biggest fear is that they just skate uh over the over things so lightly that really what you just need is like almost someone saying hey wouldn't it be crazy if this happened you go yeah then that's the end of the episode do you know what I mean like it almost needs like it's just like the synopsis is enough yeah, I mean, I think they should steer away from social issues or like big I like they they clearly can't do it or have any interest in doing it. So like just have a, like at this point I'm just like, yeah, go to Dinosaur World. Like th- at least I don't have to watch you try to make a point and f- like fall on your face. <laughs> well, what do you, what do you want to give the first episode? Um, hold on, I just want to ask you one last question for me. Yeah, sure. I just had this last little note here, Jordan, because we didn't yeah. talk about it last time. We talked about what the slide hole looks like last time. Yes. But I realized we never talked about the actual inside of the wormhole. Yeah, it sort of looks like uh, almost like you're, you're riding through an intestine. I was going to say, I was watching, I'm like, this is a rainbow colonoscopy we're watching. <laughs> yeah, it really does. I like the look of it. I think it's fun. But yes, it just, it looks like you're, you're having a colonoscopy. It really struck me this time. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> Let's move on to the ratings. Okay. What do you want to give the first one? I already know I'm going to give it a higher episode, a higher point than you. I already know. Yeah. Eggheads. Listen, I obviously complained a lot. I, I think I'm seeing a, like a huge gaping weakness in like their ability to execute. It's not good. They're not good writers on this show or something. Like there's just a problem. There's a problem in execution because this is a really yeah. simple concept that is just like totally misrealized. Like all of this setup to get him to play a game and for him to owe the mob money yeah, well, that that's the the major problem is where it could have been an interesting thing of like, what if we valued intelligence more in our society? What would it look like? That's an interesting concept and in how the world would be different. And it's not like them going like, oh, geez, this works better or this works better. Or you find out, oh, human nature trumps everything and the things are the same no matter who we value or who we, we put up on our pedestal. That's not the episode they have because they thought, wouldn't it be funny if there was 
a game that people played, but it's like a trivia game. That's basically what this is. So I kind of got that and I just forgave it because I was like, that's just the level we're at. It didn't it didn't bother me, but I maybe because my expectations were just lower, perhaps. Yeah, I guess so. I it just didn't work for me at all. And then like again, I think you're right, the Rembrandt idea is a sweet idea. Yeah. Completely mismanaged, misexecuted. Arturo, doesn't work. Yes. Arturo, sorry, whatever the name is. <laughs> um, t- like whole thing is like a mess from start to finish. I'm gonna go four point five only because like it is fun with the actors still, but like yeah. what a mess. I, I yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's a mess. I had a fun time though. I still I still more enjoy it than I didn't didn't enjoy it. Perhaps that I was watching it late at night. I'm gonna give it a six and a half out of ten. Six and a half. Yeah, uh, and then of course the weaker sex. The weaker sex I thought was a weak episode. Um, uh, again, it, it maybe I'm just being forgiving because it could have been like a catastrophe and it was just like dumb. And it wasn't, again, it's not so bad. It's just like, guys, this is just like, it's it's almost just pointless, which is maybe even worse. I gave it a four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a very ugly episode. I was so grateful that no one called it Feminist World at any point, And I thought for sure that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so it wasn't as ugly or as yes. you know, like hateful. And actually, there's two praise. writers, there's two women who uh, are credited with writing it. Actually, have gone on to like they have like they wrote that Zelda Fitzgerald show for Amazon. They created that show, so like they've been way more successful than the actual creators of Sliders. So I don't really put it on them either. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I think it was it a little bit not a tired idea, but it's not a realized idea at all, regardless of the talent. It was the shallowest delving into that. Like yeah. it's like they saw the pond and they step from the puddle next to the pond. And they're like, "Oh, good enough, I suppose." Yeah, it, it's a weak, weak episode. I think, in some ways, as badly written as the one before, but like with a worse concept to jump off from. I'm gonna go three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the the um. It's funny. The pilot was so strong. I think we'd have both agree it. The pilot was so strong, but it's like. Uh, they don't know where to put the strengths. And I don't know if I have that answer either. Or sure, I should say, they don't know where their strengths are. But I think, again, they have a good cast. They have a fun concept. Um, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe they just don't know how to do this sort of deeper discussion very well, um, which is sad because it, it, it's like, what is the show just going to be like a silly silly adventure week but i'm like maybe that is what you guys are good at maybe the point is you make it as fun as possible and as interesting and creative as possible but still just having it be kind of zany yeah i would agree i think this really showed a weakness for big idea episodes like complete lack of ability to follow through on them they should focus on like the funnest part was the mind game so like just have him slide to a world where on this world Quinn's a celebrity for playing this game show on TV and he's up for the finals. Great. That's it. That's all you needed. You didn't need the rest of it. Yeah. It's just, yeah. They, and I mean, weirdly, I think the first, the episode six is more of a mess. I would argue with the amount of stuff they try to jam in. I just think the next episode just was it was more offensive so i just i mean it is it's it's, it was always going to be a problem as soon as you see a gender reverse episode you're like well this is there's no way this is not going to be a mess it's not nearly as ugly as it could have been obviously it's just it's so hard to do that sort of thing in a 45 minute episode you have to be so deft and 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 they're just not so like yeah this is not the team (laughs) yeah this is not the team to do this so it's like someone just said no no right from right off the beginning but whatever they sat down in the room and looked at looked at the team and said, "No, no, no, this isn't for you guys. Just go on to something else." <laughs> so that's that's sliders. Not not two great episodes. Maybe they'll be better next time. But those were not their strongest points. No, not really. Um, but that's it for this episode. So 
we at this point now have jumped to i believe this is what six and seven episode six and uh-huh. seven according to indb so we've jumped over i think four three or four episodes now so if you really think we missed some gold back there you can uh, take advantage of bonus episodes for charity. If you make a donation to a list of charities on our website as chosen by our past guests, we will watch an episode of Sliders or anything we haven't watched, essentially. Any show we've skipped past in the past, Mm -hmm. we'll watch it. You can find out all about that at teamdrag.podbean.com and on our social media, there's a link there. Uh, Or you can email us, continuedrag at gmail.com, and I'll explain it all to you there too. But there's a little way to make us go back and watch more episodes is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah, give it to charity, we'll watch. That's basically what it is. Give charity, we watch. Yeah, give. How can we make it more and more succinct? You give, we watch. Rate two, two rating. <laughs> um, and of course, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, we will have clips from these two episodes. Probably, you'll see President Hillary Clinton. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, again, with a lot of these shows, when you cut it down to little, uh, little snippets of like a couple second clips, you're like, the show's fun. That's true. You know what? They did a good job casting her too. She looked just like Hillary. Yeah. Was it Hillary? Was it actually Hillary? Maybe maybe she did it uncredited. That's why they say she yeah. they went out to her and she did it. It's like shh. Maybe. I didn't because re- it's what we should say. It was on a it was on a TV screen, so you could barely see it. <laughs> um, but that wraps it up for this episode. So listener, thank you for joining us. And Jordan, see you next week. Slider. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario, and Seoul, South Korea. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Dalek and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes. <laughs>